No, I won't. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Oderico, and right alongside, of course, uh, is my good friend and, and co-host, uh, LPJ professional Legends Tour player, Cindy Miller, and this is the first show that we've done in a few weeks, so welcome, everybody, and welcome, Cindy. Well, thanks, Ted. How are you doing? Uh, well, I'm doing very well. I'm, I'm actually very excited. We've got lots to talk about today. We're going to uh, talk about uh, what you've been up to the last few weeks. And then we're going to be joined a little bit later on by our, our special guest, uh, Shannon Hanley. She's the Director of Instruction at the Haymaker Golf Course in uh, Colorado. We'll talk a little bit of, about what she's doing there and some of the things that she's uh, doing to help uh, grow the game, if you will. Um, but first, let me remind everybody very quickly, Cindy, since we haven't been here for a little while, uh, we're live, of course, on Tuesday mornings from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern, except for the last few weeks we haven't been, of course, uh, as most of you have known. Uh, and quickest way to find us, go to blogtalkradio.com, up in the search key, type Women of Golf, and that will take you to the main page. And uh, that's, of course, live on Tuesdays, as I said, from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern. And for some reason, if you're not able to join us live, go to that link, uh, blogtalkradio.com forward slash Women of Golf, and you can scroll down to the on-demand section and listen to some of the earlier broadcasts uh, when it's convenient for you. But thanks for joining us live this morning. Uh, it's also available at, uh, as a podcast at iTunes.com. Again, just type Women of Golf, and that will take you to the main page. Uh, if for any reason you want to call in and speak to either Cindy or myself, you can do so at area code 347-945-5855. And if you want to reach out to either one of us to uh, either uh, be a guest on the show or maybe you have some comments or questions about the program uh, or something that you'd like for us to, to do in upcoming shows, uh, you can reach out to myself at ted.golftalklive at gmail.com or cindy at cindymillergolf.com. Um, Cindy, since it's been a couple of weeks, uh, I know you've been involved in a couple of tournaments. Uh, one was, of course, uh, the Legends Championship at French Lick uh, Resort in Fren- French Lick, uh, Indiana. And uh, more recently, you were at the LPGA uh, Teacher and Club Professionals National Championship in uh, Kissimmee F- Resort, Florida. And we're going to talk a little bit about those uh, um, in here just a moment in that. But um, how were the tournaments overall? Uh, good turnouts? Um, fan base, fan wise, I, you know what, not that many people come and talk, come and watch us, uh, but the tournaments went very well. I really played in four things. I played in the Wendy's charity classic, That's right, um, yeah. where we raised money for adoption for the Dave Thomas adoption foundation. And that was very well run. It's been going on for 15 years in Jackson, Michigan. Uh, the people from Wendy's are amazing, and there were 24 Legends Tour players with amateurs, and we raised lots of money. I think we raised $275,000 that day for kids. Wow. 
Yeah, I, yeah. I, th- I think I remember. Yeah, seeing something on uh, you posted on Facebook about that. That's incredible. That's a uh, you know I know the the um, Wendy's uh, tournament has been uh, as you said for about fifteen years now, and they always do a phenomenal job. And and uh, that's that's fantastic that they they were able to do that. Now you said you played in four, so there was that one. What was the what was the that fourth front one? flip where I was atrocious? I made a quadruple. <laughs> Um, and oh, as I said, you know, there were, it was really, really wet and it was really, really long and I don't hit it that far. Anyway, long story short, and it's really, really scary. So I played pretty bad and I made a nine on a par five and made a six on a par mm. three. So again, you know, it adds up fast when you do that. On the other hand, I hit some great shots, um, Came home and then turned around real quick, gave a couple lessons, turned around real quick and went down to the LPGA National Teaching Club Pro Championship where I was a little, like, skeptical of, oh, I I just shot a 1,000. Do I really want to play? And I ended up coming in 10th, and I really, my issue is feeling comfortable standing over the ball. Right. And you would think, you know, well, you're the golf pro and you've played for 45 years can't you fix it and and that's kind of the way I talk to myself as well and I think um the between all four events I have learned an awful lot about Cindy and Mm -hmm. I'm grateful for the opportunity I played okay at the national championship but and then I I came home and turned around real quick and went to the BJ's charity classic where it's a one-day pro-am with 75 of the Legends Tour players on three different golf courses. And wow. um, we, ra- we raised like a million dollars for charity in that day, which is wow, amazing. Wow, incredible. And, and there's a small purse, and I came in 15th there and made 3875 bucks. So what I – Alan didn't go with me there. I had to go by hmm. myself. And when you play in this tournament, you have to keep your own score – and right. ride with your amateur partners, and they play a shamble, which is they get to use your drive, but then they play their own ball in. So it's hmm. just been patience and learning how to deal with distractions. Uh, and I ended up coming in 15th there, which is fine. And I really learned that I must, how I've got to walk into the ball to be able to feel comfortable and then how to trust the swing. Cause I hit some great shots and then I hit some atrocious shots. So again, you know, that's the beautiful thing about the game of golf. You never arrive. You're always working on it. No, <laughs> it's always a, a, a continual journey. I, I want to go back to the legends championship for just a second. Cause uh, you raised a couple of interesting points and I think they're worth uh, digging a little deeper. I know overall you're not happy with, with your performance there, but I remember, um, Cindy, before when we were last on the air a few weeks back, before you left, I remember you saying, uh, making some comments that it, it was a very challenging course. Um, and, and obviously you had some wet conditions, so that probably helped a little bit to hold the ball on some of the greens. Um, but nevertheless, it, it, was, a, it was a challenge, um, you know, re- respective of that. What was some of the most challenges that you think you faced um, during that particular tournament at the Legends in French Lake? Well, here's the catch. I'm trying, the way I walk into the ball, I, mm-hmm. I'm right-eye dominant, and I walk into it open, like you can picture Lee Trevino doing or Freddie Couples. Right. And, and I'm nonlinear. 
and I'm a control freak. And there's lots of valleys and very high plateaus that you hit down into a gully or way up high. So I have a a Leopold rangefinder. Some of the elevation changes are plus 20 yards. Wow. So so you might have a 110-yard shot that's playing 150. Mm -hmm. You follow? So putting all those left-brain calculations in, and then knowing that you need to aim to the right because everything's going to kick to the left, and if you don't do that, it's off the edge of the green. It's If you're not sure where you're aimed, you cannot trust your swing. And if you don't trust your swing, you're done. So yeah. sometimes I remember playing with Joanne Connor one time and having her say she'd rather play a really wooded golf course that has definition than a wide mm-hmm. open space. And that's kind of the situation at French Lick. Some of the tee shots are out to wide open spaces, which can tend to make you protect because you're not sure where you're going. And, right. you know, example being on this par five, you know, I wasn't sure because if you go too far right, you're dead. And if you go left, you're down a cliff. Well, I was aiming right and yanked it dead left. And now I mm. can't find it in the header. Now I have to hit. Then I go and I hit. I'm in um, casual water. Then I'm up against the car path. Then I have to, you know, drop it again. Then I'm in soppy, yucky, poopy stuff. Then I hit it back. Well, you know, it's like, wow. Can I go yeah. back to the tee and start over? So that's <laughs> kind of what I'm talking about. So what happens, and I want you to, to sort of walk through, I mean, you, you've explained some of the steps of that in, you know, in that particular situation. But mentally, because this is really what, what we're getting at here is, and this is really something that you focus a lot on your own your game academies, is try to help people not just with the physical parts of their game, but mentally how to sort of uh, manage in, in difficult situations like that. So here's a great example. You, you, you've talked about uh, some difficult uh, and, and less than, than stellar shots that you made. Mentally, obviously, that, that can be very um, damaging. How do you walk yourself from that <laughs> from that step to okay, Cindy? I need to regroup and I've got to get ready for my next shot. How do you stay in the moment and not allow what's just transpired to, to sort of um, escalate and continue to, to manifest over the next uh, you know several holes? Well, it's really difficult, needless to say. But I am more of a problem solver, so I'm going to change what you said. Okay. All I could think about while I was out there is stop. John Stabler and Deborah Graham from Golf Psych said that you rate better than 99% of the tour players that are mm-hmm. currently on the LPGA and PGA Tour. So you've got something going for you that others don't. Right. What the hell are you doing wrong and how do we fix this? And Alan would tell you it's the usability of it. So it's not that I mm-hmm. can't. Um, it's why aren't you? So right. there's two parts. I tend to pick the club up and come over the top and yank. So I got to fix that. 
and I would argue with Alan, if I'm set up with my shoulders too open, I can't do that. I pick the club up right. from over the top because I'm set up open. You follow? So now yep. how do we set up so that we can swing it back on the right plane and trust what you're doing and put it on the green? Mm-hmm. And that's the issue. So I'm glad that Alan's with me, but sometimes I try to be too perfect. Right. And so I need to figure out how do you just let it go? You follow? And yes. so, so I was grateful I went to the DJ tournament alone because I could be the only one in my head mm-hmm. and I could work on it. And and now I'm like, all right, let's practice. Yeah, it, you know, and and again, you raise an interesting uh, a point. Again, it, it you know, a lot of people might look at this and say, well, okay, Cindy, you're you're you know a golf professional. You should be able to to tweak and 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 modify you know on the fly. But it's not always that simple because you know we're all human. When you're in the moment and and something goes awry, um, again, especially someone that's a very analytical and and, and uh, perfectionist, uh, if you will. It's it's very difficult sometimes to get that part of you out of your head, and it, it well, does take it a, is, a lot. But right? you've got to stop and say. And again, I'm part of the no BS crew. Of mm-hmm. okay, stop. Why is this happening? I mean, and I am so open and willing to see all my faults. You know. I understand that I'm a control freak. I understand that I try to hit it too close to the hole. I understand that, you know, I get too fast and anxious and, okay, great. That something is causing these terrible swings, and if I can't get to the bottom of it, I'm not going to play anymore and compete. I can't do it. Right. Because it's just driving me crazy. And, and I, you know, needless to say, I I choose to be this open and honest about my game because, my students need to know this is really hard. You know, yeah. nobody gets to be good without work. And and the same right. thing, like, you know, with Dustin Johnson, you know, how, how much did he struggle? How many times did he mm-hmm. lose to learn to win? You know, yep. so it's not, it's not like these guys, you know, are really good players like, oh, aren't you lucky? You don't have to work at anything. No, 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 no. <laughs> Let's sit down. <laughs> Let's talk about this, you know. Right. So, that being said, I said to Alan, look, we've got a Women's U.S. Senior Open in two years. I have no idea if I'm going to get in. I have no idea if I'm going to try to qualify. But I said, I got news for you. If I don't fix this, I'm not even going to attempt. Well, now it's like, all right, let's go. Let's hit balls. So, I've hit balls every day since I've been back. I'm playing in the LPGA uh, Regional champ- Stroke Play Championship in Las Vegas at the end of October. You know, I'm filming my golf swing, I'm hitting balls, I'm lining up at things, I'm making someone watch me, and I've got to, okay, how do you get your right brain to work and tell Cynthia to shut up? Right. So that's, that's what I'm doing. Um, and, 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 again, you know, one of the things I think that sometimes as golfers we have to be careful of, too, is our natural tendencies um, might be to be one way, and and I, and I and let me just ask you this. Let me just again rephrase this in a different way. Do you think that some of the work that you're trying to do is is to change what may be a natural tendency on your part 
and that could be uh, creating some issues. For instance, I'll give, let me give you an example, and then I'll tell you what I mean. Um, you know, Freddie Couples has a, um, a very slow, sort of smooth, methodical swing. If he was sort of to speed his swing up like Nick Price, it wouldn't work for him because that's not his tempo and his timing. Um, do you think that there's a, maybe in parts of your game you're trying to change what comes natural to you and as a result um, creates that imbalance? No. I don't. Here, here's why. Okay. The most difficult shot, okay, so the National Teaching Championship, I still miss shots. I right. still hit it yucky. But I got over it, and I got up and down from some places. You know, again, playing in the teaching championship in the senior division, you're playing with friends that you've known for 30 or 40 years, Right. And like, oh, right. my God, Miller, I can't believe you just got that up and down. I'm like, yeah, I'm badass, right? So, <laughs> so that, that's the real Cindy. I believe that sometimes Cynthia shows up to try to be perfect, but mm-hmm. I have to be able to play the real Cindy way. And when you stand over a shot, no matter whether you're me or anybody else, and you hear the little voice go, morning, 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 this does not feel right. Please back away. Please back away. And then you go, no, I can't. I have to hit the ball. And then you hit the ball. You know you're not going to hit it good. So Mm. I have to find a very common solution, and I believe I have done so. And Mm. I am making it be so important in my brain that nothing else matters. This is the only thing you need to do, and then you have to explain. So there's a reason people miss shots, and I have to find underneath all the stuff my reason. And I believe I have found my reason. Now, that doesn't mean I'm not going to miss shots. I'm going to miss shots. Sure. I I don't care if I miss shots if I'm comfortable standing over the ball. Right. See, I'm missing shots, and I don't want to say I'm choking, because I'm not choking. Choking is trying too hard. You know what I mean? Right. I'm yes. missing shots because something's rotten in Denmark, and I'm yeah. <laughs> and I didn't know what it was. Therefore, I can't fix it. Therefore, I keep missing shots. Therefore, right. I don't want to play. So again. I don't think that I've ever played golf totally comfortable standing over the ball. Maybe the only tournament that I've ever done that with was the LPGA National Teaching Championship in 2004 when I won. Mm -hmm. I had less doubt then. So that's all I'm saying. This has been an underlying lifelong issue that, you know, it's time for me to fix. And, yeah, and, and that's and, part of the beauty. It doesn't matter how long you play. It doesn't matter what level you play at. That's why I say when my students come in, you know, why are you here and what would you like? Well, I don't know. I want to be more consistent. I said, okay, so what do you shoot? You know, do you understand what consistent means? It means doing the same thing over and over again. That basically it's boring. You want to be right. boring and you want to do the same thing. Yes, I do. Well, and I want to be consistent with my setup so I can feel comfortable taking a, a swing. Because I do not, my, my natural behavior style is a competitive control freak. Mm-hmm. And when right. I play golf, I become an analytical perfectionist. And I cannot play like that. So I believe I become something because I'm not comfortable. And I have to be the real Cindy. 
Yeah, and that, that that's an excellent uh, analogy of of your situation because, you know, Cindy, what what that really says is that when you're in an uncomfortable situation, you have a certain comfort level that you resort to, which is your analytical side, in order to combat that, and you've are now have found or, or looking for a way to uh, overcome that. And, and that's not an easy thing. That's something that, well, um, that regardless hurts of, me. That right. hurts me. So that is detrimental to my game. So again, let's put it this way. The people that I got to play with at the BJ's charity classic are one of the main sponsors. And when I walked up to my cart and I saw the guy's name, I know that he's a really big deal at Nestle Waters. And Nestle Waters is one of the biggest sponsors of the event. And I saw him and I go, Wow. How did I race to get to play with you, right? I was teasing him. And see, that's the natural Cindy. And he cracked up. He goes, well, because you're my favorite golf pro, right? I go, no, I'm not. Hmm. Dan, Cindy, rare are your favorite golf pros. But I, I'm like your favorite <laughs> teaching pro. And he said, well, yeah, you are. And I said, okay, great. Now, this guy drinks like a fish. Like, uh-huh. he's got vodka in his hands at 930 in the morning, Right. Wow. Because he's he's afraid to play without drinking. And he even said, I'd like to be able to hit that shot without drinking. So I need to call him. But anyway, that being said, he's got his iPhone with his boombox, with his extra battery, and I'm riding with him. <laughs> and this guy stops the drink girl every chance he gets. And, gets and he wants to know what kind of vodka they got and the Gatorade and all that stuff. And so the music is blaring. Now I have to keep my score. And I'm on the hardest of the three golf courses. So what does Cindy say to herself? You're getting paid to be friendly. You've got one of the best groups out here. Shut up and have a good time. Right. And I did. So I yep. knew what to look forward to. And then the person in front of me, had three women in her group who had never played golf before. She had to play 18 holes and keep her own score. And I thought, mm. whoa, thank you, Lord, that this is what I got. I, I'll keep that, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so, again, yeah, you, so I need to be able to be Cindy, and that's the lesson here, and that's why I'm so passionate about what I do for a living. I have to help people be themselves, play their game, their way and own it and I have to learn my own lesson for what I preach right and and that's not always easy to do for for anybody whether you're a golf professional or whether you're a, you know a, a business professional of some other um, you know some other type it's not always easy sometimes to, to sort of follow your own medicine and uh, you know because we, we get in in sort of a frame of mind that um, you know, you're so focusing outwards on, on everybody else that sometimes you forget to take a look at yourself and say, okay, yeah, you know, I got to do this too. And, and I've got to sort of listen to my own words. And, um, you know, most people think, well, it just comes naturally, but it, it doesn't really, it, it can be very difficult. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, and, and, you know, hitting di- uh, some bad shots here and there and even not scoring well at one tournament, but then bouncing back and, and playing better the, the the key here, Cindy, I think that really people need to understand is it's not just a matter of, well, you just have to be striking the ball a little better. You actually learn something from the tournament you didn't play well 
that carried you into the tournament that you did play well. You learned something and you were able to take that knowledge. And that's really what's important here is not just, you know, everybody's focusing on, well, I've got to hit the perfect shot. I've got to hit the perfect shot. Well, it doesn't exist. Um, you have to be able to, you have to learn. And that's really what you're trying to teach your students is to be able to learn from their, the mistakes that they might make here and be able to move forward. Um, and when they do have some, some good uh, moments as well, they're also going to learn, but they have to be able to learn from the mistakes as well. And a lot of people don't do that. And I think that's why they continue to struggle. Um, when well, that's part of the six mindset, you know, it's, it's that Carol Dwight book called Mindset. I believe that you're never too old to get better and it's never too late to learn. And so once, you know, the little boy said to me, you know, John Stabler and Deborah Graham said, you've got everything it takes. So there's something missing here. And when we find that, Cindy Miller can play to her potential, whatever that potential might be. It's not going to be right. to be the best player in the world because I'm too old. And I don't hit right. it far enough. But to be comfortable in your own skin and say, oh, wow, that was good. I can't do any better than that. You know what I mean? And to feel right. proud of yourself for accomplishing something and defeating demons and unlocking potential. I have a little a young girl whose dad played in the Pro-Am with me. Oh, by the way, we won the Pro-Am at LPGA International. So I had two young players that I teach and their dad. Mm-hmm. And then I had another dad who has an 11-year-old daughter who came and she hung with us because she's a little young and she doesn't play that much, right? She's just starting to get into right. it. And and we won the Pro-Am, which was amazing because they got um, GPS watches, they got a, uh, Scotty Cameron putters, they got a dozen golf balls, they got trophies. I got 200 bucks. Wow. I'm like, whoa, where's my stuff? So anyway, <laughs> they had a, an amazing time. And the little girl, Rosie, the 11-year-old, Kaylee got stung by a bee in the middle of the tournament. So I had to call Tammy, the LPGA official, and I said, look, you know, Alan's bringing her in with her father. I, her hand swung up really bad. I thought, oh, dear Lord, don't let something happen to this young girl. And um, mm. she ended up being fine. And so Rosie, we had to keep playing. So Rosalie hit some shots because she had to step in. And she did yep. great. And I'm like, wow, you're doing awesome. So she came back. She's going to play in her first ever U.S. Kids Golf Tournament this past weekend. She came in for a couple lessons. And she's chunking, chunking, topping, chunking, topping. I said, Rosie, look at me. I need you to brush the grass, and that's all I want you to do. I want you to stop trying so hard, and I just want mm-hmm. you to brush the grass. And she couldn't do it. She couldn't do it. Finally, she did it. I go, did you feel the difference? Yeah. I said, you and me are competitive control freaks who try too hard. You've got to back it down, and you've got to brush the grass. Okay. Well, she wasn't doing it. And I said, look at me. If you're really nervous about playing in this tournament on Sunday, I want you to withdraw, and I want you to go watch the girls. She's never been around any of this. She has no idea that these 11-year-olds act like little tour players, right? Mm. And and she's just a naive, nice little girl who's just trying to learn how to play and break 65 for nine holes, right? So Mm -hmm. long story short, I said, I want your daddy to call me because her mom was at the left. So her dad called me couple days before the tournament. He says, I think she's going to be fine. I'm going to carry for her. I said, okay, great. I want her to have a good learning experience. I don't want her to go and get freaked out because that'll ruin yeah. her for life. And so mm-hmm. he says, no, 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 no. So 
Sunday night, you know, I looked it up on the scoreboard, and I see that she she uh, she wasn't last. She was third from last. She shot 62. So I texted him. I said, how did it go? He said, oh, my God, she had a great time. She finished strong. It was a, a valuable learning experience. Thank you so much for showing us how she can do this. So, again, you need to know that you have to fail your way forward. And that's the only way you're going to get better. You have to be willing to put yourself out there to look like a jerk, to finish dead last, and then look in the mirror and say, you know, number one, do I want to keep doing this? No, it hurts too bad. I can't stand this pain. Okay, what are you going to do about it? I got to look in the mirror and figure out what's wrong with me. And then I got to plant a seed and I got to start working on it. Right. You know, it, it reminds me very quickly, and then I'm going to introduce uh, our, our guest, uh, Shannon. You know, it reminds me, and I don't know if you're, I mean, I'm, I know you're familiar with the player, but I'm not sure if you are familiar with sort of the backstory to this. But Nick Faldo, of course, uh, who was a, a prominent uh, member of the PGA, um, earlier in his career, struggled immensely with his golf game uh, to the point where he actually rebuilt and went on to win several major championships, including a number of Masters uh, and British Open. But the point is that, you know, he, he learned to fail forward. I mean, he was terrible. I mean, he earned the name uh, nickname El Foldo um, as part oh, of uh, his, his – oh, no. And, then, of course, Nick Faldo, for those of you who don't know, is a, a member of the Euro- European PGA and then, of course, came over here to the United States. And now uh, uh, I don't know if he no, plays as sure. much anymore, but – but an announcer, excuse me, and um, so he, you know, he's doing other things as well. But I remember watching some of his earlier videos. I always admired Nick because I, I like the fact that he really, uh, really got into um, himself, if you will, and he was he was very uh, very humble about it and was very open about his journey. And he was really, um, for lack of better words, was kind of beaten up pretty good uh, at that time because he just. I mean, he literally would, would collapse uh, during some of his rounds. His, his abilities, I mean, you know, to get on any tour, I've, obviously you have to have some ability. Um, but he just, for some reason, couldn't get it going in a, in a natural rhythm. So he basically put on the brakes and went back and reinvented himself and learned from what he had done in the past and then moved forward. And he went on, as I said, to win, I think, six major championships as well as a, a number of uh, international events as well. Um, so it just goes to show you that um, just because you're struggling or having difficult times in your golf game doesn't mean that you should throw in the towel. It's not impossible, but you've got to be willing to take a hard look at yourself and you need to work with somebody who can be that sort of set of eyes and that, that voice that can help guide you, such as what you do, Cindy, with, with some of these young, youngsters out there as well. And uh, there's just a good example of how you can turn your, literally turn your life around. I mean, he was almost to the point, I believe at one time, if I remember the story correctly, uh, about giving up golf entirely. So um, we're obviously grateful that he didn't because he went on to do well. So, but, but you know what I'm saying? It it goes to the point that you're talking about that it it could be, it could have been a life changing event and ultimately it did become a life changing event, but for the good. And that's because he chose not to give in and give up. He chose to learn from the mistakes he had made and, and as you said, fail forward. Um, let me uh, introduce uh, our guest. Uh, she's not quite with us here, but let me just go through some of the, uh, uh, the introduction here, and then we'll, we'll bring her on, and, and if need be, Cindy, we'll continue our conversation. Uh, our very special guest, we said, 
the second half of the show is uh, Shannon Hanley. She's the director of instruction at the uh, Haymaker Golf Course in Colorado. Let me just tell you a little bit more about her. She's the uh, winner of the Ladies Club Championship at Congressional Country Club, where she's still a non-resident member. Uh, she's been a winner of several prominent junior events, including the Maryland Amateur. Uh, she went on to play uh, on full scholarship at James Madison University, and she's a two-time winner in college, uh, competed on the future Asian and European tours. Uh, she's a two-time winner of the LPGA uh, Central Section Championship, which qualified her uh, to compete in two LPGA major championships, uh, moved to Colorado in 99, and won the Colorado uh, Women's Open that year. Uh, she was formerly the director of instruction Foothills Golf Course in Denver before moving to Steamboat in 2003. And as I said, she's currently the Director of Instruction at Haymaker Golf Course there. Uh, she is the Steamboat Women's High School Golf Coach and owns Change Your Numbers, an indoor teaching facility, which we'll talk to her a little bit about when she comes on, uh, that focuses on the importance of nutrition, strength, flexibility, diet, uh, club fitting, and uh, uh, technique for peak, perf- uh, peak golf performance. Uh, she's a Class A member of the LPGA and PGA and she's also, which is kind of interesting, and I'm going to talk to her a little bit about this as well. She's a certified Orbis fly fishing guide and, of course, enjoys many other great outdoor uh, fun activities uh, that Colorado has to offer. Um, so very well-rounded. So let's, uh, I see she's here now, so let's bring uh, a very special guest out, uh, Shannon Henley. Good morning, Shannon. Good morning. How are you, my friend? Good, honey. Thanks for getting up early for us. Hey, you bet, you bet. Beautiful, beautiful morning out here in Colorado. That's good. Now, how, are how, you staying there all year? You know, for the most part, Cindy, I do. I am going to go back to Florida probably for the month of January and February, but for the most part I'm here uh, teaching my college class for the fall, and then the girls' golf team will start up in the spring, uh, probably in the 1st of March. So I have a couple months I get to go run around and do some stuff. Cool. Now, i got to interrupt because I know Ted's going to say something, but we were just talking about uh, failing forward and choosing to change your life. And our listeners don't know it, but you have totally changed your life and your physical body. So I admire you for that, and I am very proud of you. So I would like you to tell us how you did that and what happened and because now that you're a nutritionist, you wouldn't. I don't think you'd have ever thought about being a nutritionist 15 years ago, right? <laughs> well, actually, I'm not my skilled nutritionist on my staff. I do have somebody uh, from Natural Grocers, Alicia McLeod, who uh, who is my sort of resource uh, for people who are involved with my Change Your Numbers uh, studio. Um, so, for me, it was uh, it was. Uh, you know, a lot of different things, you know, changing your diet certainly has a huge impact. You know, I used to have, uh, I used to have a love affair with Coca-Cola. And so of course I had several a day and, and then I, you know, I got into a great exercise regime and out here, everybody in Colorado is pretty healthy. So it was a little bit easier. People would always, you know, grab you and ask you along for a hike or, or I had, you know, I had a dog that a new puppy that was, uh, keep me active. So there was a lot of great things that were occurring all at the same time to, uh, to, to have me go through my little transition there. But it was awesome. It was awesome. Well, that's good. Well, you look great. Um, I'm so proud of you. Tell us about your indoor facility. Oh, gosh, my indoor facility. So it's been a dream that I've had since I was a, a little girl and I first got into the golf business. And I always thought it would be really nice to have a place inside where I could just go and hit balls myself personally. So there's a lot of personal love into the facility. It's a 
it's about a thousand square feet on the first floor and, and about 400 square feet on the second floor. And it has uh, an indoor hitting bay where I purchased the TrackMan. Um, as you know, Colorado out here in Steamboat in particular, because we're at 7,000 feet, we, uh, we have a pretty short, fast golf season. We, uh, we won't open our golf course till mid-May and we actually will probably be closing here. And it's hard to believe in about three weeks. Um, usually by mid-October wow. we're, we're, yeah, we've got snow on the ground. So, uh, what, what do you do in the winter as a golf professional when you're not traveling to Florida to try to make ends meet working multiple jobs? So, um, I ended up building an indoor facility um, here, which was great. And part of the indoor facility, I was trying to think of a, a holistic approach to golf. And, you know, there's so many golf businesses and companies that are sort of keying in on that Nike with their programs. And of course, Titleist with the TPI program where I went through level one, the level one checkpoint and saw really a really interesting correlation between the importance of fitness and performance as, you know, you're trying to progress a student through the learning process and in, in advancing their skill in golf. So that was one idea, and I sort of having my own transition to going through, you know, how much more energy you have when you're, you're a little bit more fit and eating correctly and how much of an impact that plays on your overall mental outlook and your health outlook. And, you know, when you're physically fatiguing your body, you sleep, um, you sleep better and, and, you know, you think more clearly. And it just all is this whirlwind you know, big old snowball effect that as you move on down the road, that's kind of where everything came in. So my facility, I had a, a gal who teaches Pilates. I have an instructor who teaches yoga for the breathing aspect of it. He's also a uh, personal success coach as well as a physical trainer. Um, of course, I have Tom doing some club fitting and club repair out of there. I have Alicia doing some healthy cooking with hydration and nutrition. Um, so it's kind of a neat little concept in a microcosm. And I always feel like if, uh, if you look at most of the girls and guys that are playing on tour, it's certainly a, a pattern that they're actually <clears throat> utilizing for advancing peak performance. When you look at this fitness level, just alone of the PGA and LPGA tour the last several years, it seems to be the direction that those guys are going for sure. Now, did you build yeah. the facility on the property of a golf course or did you buy your own lot or where are you, where are you? I didn't. Uh, I bought a facility. It's in a. It's located in a. Uh, uh, it's on the western side so- or west side of town. Here, it's a. Uh, it's in a. It's a. It's a building. I'm, you know, I'm just a, a lease tenant, or actually, I own the space in a building, um, in a warehouse space. Um, but I bought the actual space and I gutted the space and started from scratch and. Uh, you know, so, you know, learned a lot about the process of building and netting and video and lighting and commercial kitchen and cooking and, you know, what your layout would be and where you want things and what you would buy as far, you know, using a lot of recommendations from Charlie, my trainer, to say, okay, what's the most important pieces of fitness equipment today? And interestingly enough, you think, oh, gosh, I got to buy a rower and I got to buy a bike and I've got to buy it. And, you know, a lot of elastic bands and a few dumbbells go a long way for people's fitness level um, without having to expend an amazing amount of cost. So, you know, the bottom line is you can get fit with a jump rope, a dumbbell, and and uh, a couple of elastic bands just as easily as you can with all the high-pollutant machines. So do you Let have me- a yearly membership? How do your students or customers come in and use all this great stuff you've got? Yes, it'll uh, it'll go into a membership scenario. Most of the time in some in the summer here, the 
the clients that I have want to be outside and playing when the weather's nice. And they all, you know, of course, most people move to the town of Steamboat because they enjoy skiing. But what I've found is my average client base is getting a little bit older and, you know, they're getting a little bit more beat up from their bodies and riddled with injury and they're looking to do some other activity. So, you know, having the golf opportunity for them is great. And I'll sell packages. They can buy, you know, a package for a month. They can buy a package for a year or six months or whatever the case may be. And then usually with each lesson I give, if I, if they just come in for a track man lesson, then they'll have an opportunity to come in and use the studio for two additional uh, practice sessions after that on certain days. That's great. Um, let me, yeah, let me jump in here real quick. I, um, cause I want to talk to you a little bit. Um, I, I know that you're, uh, have a position also as, as a head golf coach for the, um, one of the high schools, there, uh, golf team. Let me ask you with, with so many distractions, um, out there sort of captivating, uh, our use, uh, attention from social media and that, how do you help them to stay focused and sort of disregard, um, and I hate to use the term, but disregard the world around them. How do you get them to stay focused and not distracted um, from their golf games? Well, interestingly enough, you know, don't think we don't use technology at the studio and and getting them involved and engaged with the technology is actually pretty cool. So for them, it's a great thing with my girls. the, The challenge for me was we started our season last year, February 29th, and we ended our season on May 3rd we had five feet of snow on the ground on May 3rd. So the girls, in order wow. for them to actually ever even hit balls on the grass, we had to drive to a town in Colorado called Grand Junction, which was about three hours away. So it becomes quickly evident that golf for the girls in Steamboat in the spring is a spring sport or what we call the Western Slope. It really, you know, it, it's kind of a, you know, it's crazy. I mean, it's like, really? But, uh, so the studio was kind of a cool thing, and this concept that I had was – even nicer for the kids because I taught the kids life skills and we talked about when you're eating and you're having eating habits and we're talking about hormonal teenage girls and you know quite frankly you know disclosing to them that they're going through a significant change in their bodies and it's okay and that you know it's it's something to be expected and it's out you know it's not a control thing it's just so teaching these kids life skills quickly became evident for me and I think that that's what I'm trying to get through to the kids. It's not like I'm going to raise a bunch of kids that are going to the LPGA anytime soon, you know, maybe long-term if they have enough commitment, but certainly we're not in an environment here that has that ability to facilitate that kind of player. Right. Now I see also too, you started a uh, a women's golf league. Um, Tell us a little bit about that. Oh gosh, that was so much fun. So, when I arrived to the Valley here in Steamboat, we have four golf courses, which is pretty neat for a town of 10,000. Um, I was the hired on golf professional over at a private club here in town called Catamount Ranch and Club. And my first ladies day, I had four ladies and I said, well, where is everybody? And they're like, well, we don't know. And I certainly saw ladies. So I just started picking up the phone every day and asking, come on out, come play, you know, please come play, come play. And, and over the first year I grew, the Ladies Golf Association from four to about 25 ladies that were pretty active. And so I had set up with the uh, head golf professional at that time, Jim Miller, and he was the director of golf, and Tom Taylor, my boss, and I said, can we do a ladies guest day here so that ladies can bring their friends over and showcase their golf course? And, and they said, sure. And so I said to ladies, hey, we have a ladies guest day. You know, invite your friends. Well, 
as the day came closer to the guest day, we didn't have anybody on the list. So I kept asking the ladies who were more frequent out at ladies day at that time. I was like, why are you guys not bringing any guests? They're like, well, we're second homeowners and we don't know anybody. So that right. perpetuated an idea in my head to start a ladies interclub golf league. So I went around to the different golf courses in town and I had all the golf professionals agree. And I said, do you have a group of ladies here? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So we started a, a ladies interclub golf league with the acronym called SWIGGLE, which stands for Steamboat Women's Interclub Golf League. And in two hmm. years, our, you know, our group went from 24 to over a hundred ladies that had joined the SWIGGLE and they would play once a week at each of the different clubs and the people in the Valley, ladies in the Valley at that time had never played match plays. So that was really exciting for them to be introduced to a new form of play and try to get used to rules. And I had a couple of gal, a gal named Jan Hatcher from the Colorado Women's Golf Association come up from Denver and talk to them about the rules of match play and, and why they're different and how they're different. So it was really nice, great support from the local, you know, Women's Golf Association down in Denver and, and, and the local pros to get this uh, ladies interclub league started. And, now we're thinking about expanding outside of the valley and maybe incorporating some of the courses from Vail or Craig or some of the other local you know, communities surrounding, which is kind of neat. I, I like That's the fact awesome. – what, yeah, what really impresses uh, me about that story, Shannon, is the fact that the um, creativity and the inventiveness of, of taking an idea uh, in a situation where you know, there, there really wasn't much going on at that particular time and you found a way – um, really to create something that wasn't there before. And I like that. And that's really uh, epitomizes growing the game. And I, I like what you've done there with, uh, with the swiggle. Hey, thanks. It's been a, it's been a load of fun. You know, we, we got a lot of the ladies that, but you know what the greatest part about that is I have fostered, you know, much like my friend Cindy here, so many amazing friendships through the game of golf all over the world, you know, having played in Europe and in Asia and, in my private, actually, interestingly enough, the first house that I ever stayed with when I was playing on the Future Store, the housing people, uh, my my housing ladies come to actually visit me next week. So it's kind of a neat, it's a really neat sport in that regard, and it expands ages and and people and interests and and fosters friendships. And and through Swiggle here in the town of Steamboat, it's really nice to see ladies from different clubs that are you know catching up and playing bridge in the clubhouse now, and then going out to play golf together. So. It fostered that spirit of friendship, and, and as you said, growing the great, growing the game. It's been, it's been awesome. You know, also too, Shannon. I think the other thing, and I, and I imagine that that somehow, you know, through your communications with with all of these women, that you have an opportunity to talk to some of them that maybe are business owners. Um, you know, golf obviously is a great social uh, game, and also, uh, you know, we we love to have fun at it. But it's also a great business tool, and this is something that's still fairly new to a lot of women. Do you try to work with some of the, the local entrepreneurs in, in your area and explain, I'm referring, of course, to women, um, and, and explain some of the benefits of incorporating golf into their business life? You know, it's pretty funny. I, I think that anymore that's a little bit of a given. You know, I, I'm not a part of the Young Persons Network or anything. I am a part of the Toastmasters out here, which is great, and there's a lot of great little groups um, that are popping up, and I think the people who – as I said, in Steamboat, it's kind of crazy. Unlike most other facilities and places, you know, people can play golf. A lot of the time, they get to play golf year-round. So here, it's jamming a lot of uh, a lot of things in, and certainly people see that with the impact of the fundraising efforts. And that's that's something I'm not quite as um, confident in, possibly, but I can certainly see the benefits for especially my high school team. You know, in get in getting them involved in different community awareness. So, for example. 
you know, part of our fundraising effort, we, the, the local Ace Hardware here will put up a grill, set up a grill, and the girls get to go run the grill, and any money that they make uh, goes back to the girls' golf team, which is kind of cool. So I think the girls hmm. at the early level are seeing certainly the benefits of golf and, and fundraising efforts in the community. Um, but certainly I think all the ladies who are small business owners here definitely see the advantage of golf and being able to network. Maybe not so much because we're a little bit of an eclectic community in the sense that we don't have a huge, you know, we're a small town of 10,000, three hours from a major city. So a little right. bit unique in that regard, but still significant in the business world here as well. Fantastic. Um, now, I also saw from uh, some of the notes that you had forwarded to Cindy um, that you're a certified Orvis fly fishing guide. Now, I know this is not golf, but I'm going to give you an opportunity because it kind of caught my eye, and I'll tell you why in a second. But uh, explain how that came about. Oh, gosh. Uh, you know, I, I love fishing. I always have. I've fished, you know, with hot dogs on the side of the dock from the time I was six all the way through. And I was out here, and I had said to my brother, he said, well, what are you going to do in the wintertime when it's snowing out there? And I said, well, gosh, I don't know. He said, you know, why don't you love fishing? Why don't you become a certified guide? So at that time, there was an Irvis certified fly fishing guide school up in Vail. So I went up, and I was amazed at actually how many parallels there are with fishing when you talk about loading and unloading a rod, the same way they talk about loading and unloading a golf shaft. They talk a lot about visual learning styles and when you're standing there with somebody on the river to try to describe how the cast actually, you know, you know, how you put the pieces of a cast together. And so it's amazing to me, the similarities actually of, of golf and fishing, but you know, it's just, it's one of those hobbies turned passion and certainly in steamboat, I'm the only female fly fishing guide. So when somebody does come in and like, Hey, is there a gal in the valley who can take us out? You know, I, I, it's nice for me. I, I'm a captive audience in the sense that I'm the go-to person and, you know, the nice part about trout is they're a little silly because they all sit in the same little hole and the same little river and the same stretch. So we have them all named. We have, you know, Harry up here in this hole, and we've got Bob in this hole, and we've got George in this hole. And <laughs> as long as you can get it, you know, the fly in front of them and keep somebody to get a fly in front of them, they're going to catch a fish and have a great day. And that's what it's all about. It's all about having fun, lots of smiles, you know, bringing joy to people's life. That's awesome. Uh, the reason why I wanted to – really make a point of mentioning that Shannon was as, as I'm sure you're probably aware, um, a very well-known golfer that we'll, we'll all of course recognize Jack Nicholas, uh, is a very prominent fly fisherman himself and does that many, uh, I think even to this day, um, fishes in that manner, uh, in his off seasons, uh, did that for many, many years. And I remember reading some articles about that and he too had made that comment about the, the similarities in the, in the casting and that to uh, his golf swing. So I'm sure that he uh, uh, was able to work on his golf game, even off season when he was doing a little bit fly fishing. So that, that's fantastic. So what's next for you? What, what's, what's the next progression um, or step, if you will, in, in uh, your golf, uh, your golf enterprise in, in Colorado? Well, one of the great, greatest things I just recently, um, I was approved to actually teach this golf class up at the college, and it's called Full Spectrum Golf. And, and the idea is we took the concept, same concept I have with girls, and we actually are rolling it over to a college class. So it's really nice in the sense that I have um, now 13 students for the first time. They've offered co college, you know, golf up at the college, and, you know, the, the girls – you know, and guys who are participating in the college class now have the opportunity, at least for the first nine weeks, to get some golf experience backgrounds. And it's things from 
how you check into a golf shop to what you wear on a golf course to how you behave, the importance, again, going back to something you brought up a little bit earlier, the importance of networking on the golf course and, and the importance yep. of utilizing golf business as a business tool, um, you know, from what to do when there's lightning near to, you know, the soups and nuts of golf. And then I'll have Alicia come in also and do three uh, class sessions on the hydration nutrition component. She'll actually do some healthy cooking for the, for the class. And then Joan will do some sports psychology. So he'll talk about the importance of visualization and the skills of visualization as you, you know, he's got some amazing experience with the U S ski team here in steamboat. So again, pretty cool concept rolling over, you know, the same kind of philosophy and introducing it more from, you know, the small community of just the girls golf team to, the broader community in the sense of the Colorado Mountain College here. And then if it's a successful program, back-to-back semesters, then they'll actually roll it out to all the Colorado Mountain Colleges, which are there are 12 around the state of Colorado. And, uh, and they'll oh, wow. use that program as part of their curriculum. So that's kind of an exciting idea. Well, that's, that's fantastic. Awesome. So how many classes? Is it one semester or all year, did you just say? You know, Cindy, they wanted me to do it all year, but for me, I because if the same thing that the semester for the spring will start in January and it'll end before the snow's off the ground here. So having it as a spring semester, it won't be really practical, but they'd like me right. to apply it into the summer semester. So I'll do it in the fall and do it clearly in the summer. Cause in the summer, that's going to be the peak time to be able to, to implement this kind of program. So the kids that'll stay here the summer will have the benefit of that. How many classes will you have them for this fall semester? 16. Oh, so it'll awesome. be uh, six, yeah, sixteen class, uh, sixteen classes. You know, roughly thirty hours of classroom time, thirty-two hours of classroom time. So um, it'll, it's it's fun, and it's fun to sit down and write down and and think about. You know, if you were trying to teach somebody all the things of golf, what are the biggest things that jump out at you as you progress yourself in your own golf career? You know, what what it, what were your all, what were all your learning what. The, the big the big buzzword in the high school is teachable moments and defining teachable moments right. for people and when they are and when they occur it's kind of cool. Oh, that's fantastic. So cool. We um, need to have Shannon, you on again and talk about this. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, we would love we would definitely love to have you come back, Shannon. How can uh, is there a website that you have that people can maybe go and learn a little bit more about what you're doing uh, in Colorado? You know what? I'm, I'm sort of in the process of putting that together. That's my, my fall project. Um, the name of my business is called Change Your Numbers. Um, my, my brother actually came up with that. My sister-in-law came up with the logo, so it's kind of neat. It's a, a delta sign with a, a transitional color from blue to green going across, which you know brings in a little bit of my Irish background. But, um, so, so I'm in the process of putting together a website and getting everything going, so that's kind of neat. Um, and, you know, if they want to call me, please have them give me a shout. My number is 970-846-6226, or I can be reached at Hanley at PGA.com, and I'm happy to answer anybody's questions. Perfect. Well, Shannon, we want to thank – Cindy and I want to thank you very much for joining us this morning uh, on the Women of Golf show, and, and keep up the great work. It sounds like you've got uh, – uh, an ideal position and um, lots of great things happening in Colorado. And as I said earlier, you've taken really a situation um, and used a lot of creativity to do what you're doing. And um, I just think that's fantastic and, and, and keep up the great work on, on helping to grow this game. Oh, thanks so much, you guys. What a wonderful morning. And thank you so much for having me on my show.
Thank you so much, Shannon. Great job and good luck. All right. We'll catch up with you soon. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Very interesting. Uh, you know, I like some of the things that uh, that she's doing, uh, as as she mentioned with the uh, you know the women's uh, golf league. I think that's a great idea, and, and and not just in her own you know neck of the woods, but she's in, encompassing other uh, areas as well and getting them involved and sort of drawing them in together, uh, which is good as well. Um, and thank you, Cindy, for sharing some of your thoughts earlier on uh, the tournaments that you've been in. And um, some great insight and great tips for those uh, tuning into the broadcast uh, this morning. And uh, on that note, Cindy, we've got to we've got to wrap up. So Cindy Miller and I would like to take this opportunity once again to thank uh, our special guest Shannon Hanley uh, for joining us this morning, and all our listeners around the world for faithfully tuning into the broadcast. Uh, it's good to be back on the air, and we'll have uh, more shows coming up as well. So we hope you'll tune in. Uh, as they uh, as they come uh, come in uh, and go to as I said remember go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf uh, Tuesday mornings from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and uh, we look forward to having you join us next time uh, here on the women of golf thanks everybody and uh, God bless thank you Cindy thanks Pat have a great week you too bye-bye bye-bye